Welcome back to our podcast. This is part two of what we were talking about the last podcast, and it's been a minute since we've done that podcast. Yeah, yeah, but we're back. And we're back if you heard our last podcast, we were talking about、uh, the history with Crisco, and this podcast we're gonna focus on seed oils and the debate behind them. Right, which is a much broader, more Currently contested issue. It's hotly、right. debated. You will find very well respected, very accomplished practicing physicians who have channels with millions of subscribers on YouTube who will debate this to the death. Right. On whether or not seed oils are perfectly fine. Yeah. And whether or not they are the root of all evil. Yeah. And everything in between. Yeah. Now, me personally, spoiler alert, I believe I'm somewhere in between. Yeah. <laughs>、um, but we will get there. But. There is some very interesting research we can、mm-hmm. look at.、Mm-hmm. We're specifically we'll address this, but I thought it was important to look at part one and focus on the history of Crisco and trans fats and look at that whole story、mm-hmm. because I believe there is a similar story happening right now,、mm-hmm. and these stories will happen again, and they've happened in the past with other products and other companies. And I'm thinking, oh, there's kind of like a pattern here.、Mm-hmm. It's a pattern of not people being evil. Uh-huh. But just people making a cheap, effective product、right. that ends up causing some unintentional byproducts. Yeah, the, it's the cost of innovation. Isn't it's it? the cost of innovation, and then eventually, when the public starts becoming wise to it, and people start regulating it, and、mm-hmm. people start thinking, "Oh, I'm not going to buy that anymore because I just read about that in the newspaper or,、mm. or heard about it in a podcast like ours," you know,、I'm、then people have to change their recipes, and and businesses have to pivot and make something maybe a little different. Right.、So So I think that is happening right now in 2023. Yeah, and the topic is seed oils. Yeah, there's just too many things to know and too many things to discover, and things are just never going to be known unless we look at them. And、right. this is just being started. People started to look at it.、Mm-hmm. So again, we are not going to. You know, this is not medical advice. This is not a conclusion. This, this is, is just all enter- purely entertainment. Is <laughs> this is purely entertainment based on everything that mostly Josh has read. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's, and I'm going to show you all right here. So if you're listening on the podcast, I'm sorry, there's no video. But if you're watching on YouTube, you get all the graphics. So the first one here is looking at a broad chart of vegetable oils. Okay. It depends on how you make it. So these are all sources: canola, corn, cottonseed, soy. Those all come from the seed、uh-huh. of the vegetable. Yet these other ones, olive, palm, avocado, coconut, come from the flesh、yeah. or some other part. Yes, you know. So, but they all have different amounts of a compound called linoleic acid, which we'll get to in a second. Which is kind of the center of this debate, in my、okay. opinion. You can see on this graph here, just in the past hundred years, the explosion in production of all these different vegetable oils.、Right. So it's very small before, non-existent before the 1900s. People just used animal fats, like we covered in the history of the last podcast. Yes. But today, I guess the most common one is palm. So palm, soybean, and canola, readily abundant in a lot of countries. It's it's relatively cheap to manufacture.、Uh, it's very shelf stable. It's no surprise why it's the number one list here on Wikipedia. Here you got 41 million metric tons every year get consumed.、Wow. Olive oil is just two. So、wow. it's a very, very small portion、yeah. of the overall oil consumption. Most、yeah. of it are these seed oils. And、yeah. so that's what most people in the entire world are eating, including the West. I mean, it's cheap. It's super, which makes sense. Like it's a cheaper oil.、Yeah. You, you've seen in Brazil, if you want to buy olive oil, it's like so much more expensive. It's incredibly expensive. It's um, you know, a, a product that is maybe a fourth of the size of a seed oil, a vegetable oil. 
it costs five times as much. So five times. So just for fun, I wanted to include just for people who are curious. These are some of the brands that use cottonseed oil. And these are some that use just vegetable oil in general and seed oil. So these are all seed oil products. Coca-Cola? Yeah, Coca-Cola and Pepsi had to remove their brominated vegetable oil, a toxic chemical that appeared as an additive in dozens of soft drinks for decades. But then people complained and they had to take it out. You vote with your dollar, you really do. So if you stop buying it and they have a dip in sales, that's their almighty goal is profit. Yeah. And so if they're like, oh, well, people don't like this ingredient, let's just take it out. So I didn't even know this until now, but even sodas used to have um, vegetable Isn't that oil interesting? To, a, to a decade ago. I was binge watching doctors and mm-hmm. binge reading all these studies and try to say, okay, well, what is a concise list of all the reasons that people are saying pseudo oils are bad? Okay. And I wanted to put that all together in one place let's do it because it's not just one thing i found Mm. it's a multitude of things number Mm. one there's a lot of people who will tie the increase in seed oils that we just saw over Mm -hmm. the past hundred years to a rise in chronic disease and most people in the u.s now have chronic disease which is insane this is according to the cdc Um, six out of ten adults in the u.s have chronic disease four out of ten have at least two of these So that's heart disease, cancer, strokes, Alzheimer's, diabetes, and chronic kidney disease. Wow. And so there's people who are saying, well, something has changed because Mm. we didn't usually have this high rate of chronic disease. Mm. You look at photos of people back in the roaring 20s on the beaches, and most people were skinny. Most people were tan. Most people look like Abercrombie models. And you're (laughs) like, well, what happened? You look at the beach now. And we yeah. all look like beached whales and we're all pasty. Like a wall Lethargic. Movie. It's a wall. We're, it's a, we're on becoming the path, Yeah, on the path to a wall Exactly. Movie. And so some people want to tie that to the increase in vegetable oil and, and mm. specifically seed oil production. So there's another argument, and that's that omega-3s and omega-6s. People are supplementing omega-3s because we hear that that's a really healthy thing. It's like the, the fat found in fish and salmon mm-hmm. and, and walnuts Avocado. and avocados and... So I was looking, I was like, what about omega-6s? I never see omega-6 supplements. Mm -hmm. And like you said, it's because people are eating tons of it in all the processed junk that we eat from all of those brands that we just looked at. And so we're getting tons of that already. And I was thinking, okay, what is it about these that's good or bad? And it turns out they can both be good or bad depending on the amounts. So it was portion is the poison. It's like that for most things in life actually it even kind good of things exactly even good things and it kind of blew my mind because i wanted to go into this and be like okay omega-3s are good and omega-6s are bad but mm. it's not that simple right and i found that both of those omega-3s and omega-6s they're both polyunsaturated essential fatty acids mm-hmm. which means your bodies need them yeah and we don't produce them so you have to get that from your food yeah and historically when we were 100 years ago 200 years ago all the way back to jesus age and before that we were getting a ratio of about one to one. So mm. we were eating just as much omega-3s as we were omega-6s. Right. Today, it's more like 16 to one. Oh, wow. Depends on the person, but it ranges between 10 to one to 20 to one wow. per person. So we're eating 20 times or 10 times as much of omega-6s as we are omega-3s. And so that is one of the arguments that people say against seed oils 
saying, not only is there a host of other issues, but we're eating too much of them. Yes. Yeah, that's the problem because everything has seed oils in them. Everything. We go to the grocery store and half my time is reading the labels to detect what does have seed oils or not. They're incredibly processed and processed food has to be bad for us. It just has to. It's not natural. It's not what historically we have been doing. And it's so much easier and accessible and it doesn't exist in nature. You have to make it into something palatable. Uh, Number three on the list of reasons that I found that seed oils are not great is industrial seed oils are unstable and oxidize easily. Mm. And when they're oxidized, you can still eat them, but they cause inflammation. Right. Because these oxidizing compounds will break down in your body and create these various inflammatory compounds, Mm. as opposed to olive oil, which has a lot less oxidation issues. And then there's animal fats, which are 100% oxidative resistant. Mm. Number four is just the manufacturing process, which we covered in the last podcast, talking about the deodorizers, the strippers, the bleachers, the heating of it to kill all the bacteria, then cool it down and heat it and cool down. Every cycle of heating and cooling will create more inflammatory compounds. But it's interesting because it opens up this world of how bad yeah. You know, and everything has these variations. How long has it been sitting out and been oxidized? How long, how many times has it been heated? What was the extraction process in the first place? And the, how much you eat of it. How much of it you eat and the omega-6 to omega-3 ratio of what you've eaten. And so you have this whole can of worms you open. And how many people have the time and the resources to look into all of these things right. and start analyzing? And you just find yourself in the middle of a Walmart looking at a can and someone behind you is like trying to... Get, get something That's in me. front of you. In every aisle, I'm the person who is inconveniencing everybody because I'm really. And you just want to eat better. That's yes. it. And it's so difficult it and is. it's so hard because there's all these layers to it. All right. That's only number that's only number four. Number five, mm-hmm. the argument for the amount of processing you need to create mm-hmm. the amount that you need. So if you get okay. eight ounces of seed oil, you need to apparently manufacture one ton of grapes. Wow. To get eight eight ounces. Wow. And so they're thinking no one's going to sit down and eat that many grapes yeah. to get that much. Yeah. So if we're eating that much in just, let's say, a year of eating seed oils, that might not be a healthy thing to do because mm-hmm. it's completely blown out of proportion. It's unnatural from what we've done historically. Right. So it's like, okay, we have genes that have taken hundreds of years and slow, minute changes and then we suddenly made a huge change in our environment and the genes have not caught up and they're not adapted, not used to that. Yes. And so there's a mismatch between our environment and our genes. Yeah. Number seven, which I believe is one of the most convincing arguments, mm-hmm. it's a mechanistic argument of linoleic acid conversion. And what that basically means is that there's a certain type of compound, there's a certain acid mm. that's found in seed oils mm. called linoleic acid. There are dozens of compounds of these different types of acids that mm. are in these seed oils. They focus specifically on linoleic acid because that one has been proven to break down into something called arachidonic acid. Mm. And arachidonic acid breaks down into a bunch of other pro-inflammatory compounds. Mm. And those compounds have been shown to increase inflammation. So the question then, how much of this linoleic acid actually gets broken down into arachidonic acid? Mm. And so there's a lot of debate on that. Mm -hmm. But what you can find and what's easily measurable is, well, how much linoleic acid is in olive oil versus canola oil? Right. 
and I actually have a chart of that here. Linoleic acid content of liquid seed oils. So you have the linoleic acid content in percent here on the x-axis, and then on the y, you have the different types of oils. Hmm. So grapeseed, sunflower, corn, um, cottonseed, and soybean have a ton of linoleic acid. Hmm. You have olive oil, palm oil, and avocado oil tend to be much, much lower at hmm. 10, 12, 13% as opposed to 60, 70, 73%. Wow. So there's a lot more of this potential inflammatory compound in some of these oils. Mm -hmm. So if you ask, are all seed oils bad? It's like, well, how bad and mm -hmm. which seed oil? Right. And you have to get very specific it, to the point that it almost becomes annoying, mm -hmm. but you have to do it if you really want to know the answer. You have mm -hmm. to say, okay, which oil, how much of that oil, how much are you eating with omega-3s, and then all these other questions in order to actually answer the questions, are seed oils bad? It gets very complicated. You have to peel back the onion. There's all these layers. I really am trying to find people on the other side of the debate and be like, okay, what are they thinking? What are people who are pro-seed oil thinking? What, what, are, what are the reasons that they're giving? One argument is that it's sort of a red herring, it's being unfairly blamed for this rise in cardiovascular disease. They're saying, well, people are more diseased, for sure. People have more diabetes, more obesity, and all that. But just because there's more seed oils doesn't mean that seed oils are to blame. They blame it on more processed foods and more deep fried foods. It's not necessarily the oils. Mm. It's the fact that we're eating a bunch of processed junk. Mm. And those junk foods happen to have those oils. Yeah, they're in a bad package. Yeah, they're in a bad package. They're taking the blame for the whole package. And also there's this idea of a cultural phenomenon that people want to be able to blame your health issue on one thing. Mm -hmm. If we can figure out that one thing and change that one thing, then I'll be better. Right. Then my diabetes will go away and right. all these issues will subside. But generally, it's a lot more complicated than that. Yeah. Next point here. Um, so it's a pr perspective, so it's not a study. It's in the journal Advances in Nutrition, um, which is criticized for its ties to the food industry. This is the kind of stuff that I don't understand. Like the people that makes the study, that's also very important because there's a lot of research. But we, it's, it's like when you you tell a story of how something happened between you and another person and you want you make the other person sound dumb you know you go like you because i said no let's just solve this as adults and then you said the other person said oh, boo, 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 boo. you give and them you dumb make, voice <laughs> yeah exactly because you're trying to make it sound like you want and that happens on research industry all the time i think with with most of the research that I had seen, and you can look and see who had funded the research, mm -hmm. it's less of, and that, that does happen, but I think it's less of people trying to make other arguments sound dumb as it is people trying to support a profit motive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so that's what happened with Crisco, yeah. is they started to fund the AHA in order to get the AHA to right. say, oh, Crisco's great for you, stop eating yeah. butter. Yeah, that's exactly what I mean. Like you're trying to prove a point that you already had in your mind, so you're gonna look for things that prove your point. Yeah. And and I, I have um, done a research uh, a long time ago in my college, and I remember like my questions, I did everything, and at the end I was like, I can't really prove anything that I want to prove it, it just if I want to make my point valid I can for these numbers but someone else can argue the same thing against it and it would also be true right so it depends on how you look at it and when you see that they are funded by certain industries yeah. then that's a major red flag because 
why would I pay you to say something bad about me? Yeah, and if it doesn't say what you want, you just you wouldn't publish pretend it. Pretend that it never yeah. happened. You just wouldn't publish it. So it sounds conspiratorial, but it's not. It's a human thing. Yeah. Right? You know, if you have a product and you fund some research to support that product and it comes out saying that your product's actually harmful, you'd be like, all right, well, thank you for that. But, mm -hmm. you know, you can go now. <laughs> you can leave. Um, but this has happened time and time again. It happened right. with lead paint, with asbestos. It happened with saturated fats, as we yeah. covered in the last, right. or trans fats, right. as we covered in the last podcast. It has happened a dozen other times with big oil, big pharma, military industrial complex. It'll keep happening. And it's just a story of companies wanting to look out for their best interests. So it's not inherently evil. It's yeah. just profit motive. It's human nature, guys. It's literally just human nature. We're not great. <laughs> We're not great as a species. We can be great, but we're usually not. Here's an example. If you just look up, are seed oils bad for you? And you look that up. So you're going to have a lot of different things that come up. Something from GoodRx, Real Simple, Healthline. You're going to get a lot of different things. Most of these are just advertiser driven. So how do you know what to do? Um, Consumer Report, I tend to like a little bit more mm. uh, just because Consumer Report is purely based on donations from the readers. Mm. And so their whole business model is that, the, that they don't accept funding from corporations. Right. Um, and so I've liked that. I've liked that in general. So this is written by Sharon Liao. And if you read through this, it gives the argument for linoleic acid it gives the argument for these different issues that we had talked about. Mm. But over and all, it's based on one interview. And this guy's a cardiologist. Mm -hmm. And he talks about how he doesn't, in his opinion, believe that seed oils are bad for you. And he points to some studies. Mm. And the study was a meta study. It immediately raised a little red flag in my head because I'm thinking a meta study is just saying, let me look at all the studies and pick out a few. <laughs> and it's like, okay, well, who decides which ones to pick out? Who decides the sample? Is right. it a randomized study? It almost never is. Meta studies are just picking out some. I'll just read directly from it. For example, in an analysis of 30 studies published in 2019 in journal Circulation, scientists found that linoleic acid and arachidonic acid levels didn't raise the risk of heart disease. In fact, those with higher amounts of linoleic acid in their bloodstream were 7% less likely to develop it. So if you click, on the analysis of 30 studies, mm -hmm. it brings you to PubMed. And so PubMed is one of those repositories of thousands and thousands of studies. Right. And so you can read into this and look at each individual study. Here's the abstract. Um, you'll see down here at the bottom, conflicts of interest statement disclosures. Uh, doctors Wu and Micah report research support from Unilever for this work, <sighs> which is another Procter & Gamble. Uh, Dr. Mozafarin reports research funding from the National Institute of Health and the Gates Foundation. Does that sound familiar to you? I am, I am terrified of Bill Gates. What you have to do is look into the conflict of interest of any of these meta-studies yeah. or any of these studies that you see, and you will find direct influences from massive multi-billion dollar corporations. Yeah, you Unilever. What, what profit motive, what motivation at all would a giant multi-billion dollar um, industry like Unilever have for supporting this specific piece of research. Right. It's going to be tied to their products. It's going to be Unilever saying, we want you to say our products are good. Yeah. But you have to look at it on a case-by-case -case basis. I believe 
that the truth eventually comes out with these things, mm. just like it did with Crisco, where people were saying that these were conspiracy theorists, like trans fats are not bad. The AHA themselves, the American Heart Association, was saying you, you need to stop eating butter and lard and eat trans fats, and these are better for you, and it's not a problem for a hundred years, literally a hundred years, right. until finally the overwhelming scientific majority said, no, this is causing people's arteries to get clogged. It's causing right. heart attacks and strokes. It's causing these issues. And then finally they couldn't keep it under wraps. Right. And finally the truth came out, but it took a hundred years. So it might be that we're starting a debate that might take the same amount of time. So it might be that we're not gonna know exactly what this does for you. So a takeaway I would say for the whole podcast is I don't know the truth. I don't know what a hundred years from now we'll look back on and and what the current medical um, establishment will say about linoleic acid and seed oils and all this type of things. But from what I know, just from what I've read and looking at both sides, the conclusion that I've come to mm -hmm. is that while omega-6s are definitely an essential fatty acid and we need them, mm -hmm. I think we're eating way too much of them. Right. Um, a 16 to 1 ratio sounds a little scary to me. <laughs> I think that's 16 times as much as we used to. It's probably not good for our what our genes have been used to. Right. Um, I don't think you should cut them out entirely, but I think you should probably get them from a healthier source. Yeah. And that's not, I don't think that's too controversial. I think eat less omega-3s or omega-6s, eat more omega-3s mm -hmm. and try to eat less processed foods. And that's, that's pretty much my takeaway. Yeah. You know, looking at um, when you're going throughout the grocery store, looking at the ingredients and seeing canola oil or sunflower or safflower, just put it back and buy something that doesn't have any of these seed Which oils. Which is very difficult, by the way. Because it's in everything. <laughs> but there are things out there that don't have. You look long yes. and hard enough, you will find things that don't have that. Yes. In fact, anything that's natural, purely natural, yeah. will be fine. But I wanted to end this podcast on some quotes mm. that I found that I thought I feel speak to the root of what we're talking about here. Mm. So here's one by Marcus Aurelius. The natural can never be inferior to the artificial. Mm. Um, another feels like some like you can uh, burn someone with like burn <laughs> <laughs> when you, you hear someone all full it. of all full of procedures like burn. Here's another one: Let food be thy medicine, and medicine be thy food. Mm. Eat food, not too much, mostly plants. Mm. Here's another one: Nature itself is the best physician. That's by Hippocrates. Mm. And here's one by Thomas Edison. The doctor of the future will no longer treat the human frame with drugs, but rather will cure and prevent, prevent diseases with nutrition. Here's one by Paraclesis. All that man needs for health and healing has been provided by God in nature. Mm. Real food doesn't have ingredients. Real food is ingredients. That's a good one. Michael Pollan. If it came from a plant, eat it. If it was made in a plant, don't. Oh... My foreigner brain took a second. <laughs> I gotcha. Here's another one. The best way to prevent disease is to eat natural whole foods by mm. Dr. Andrew Wheel. Here's one by Chris Carr. It's not about perfection. It's about progress. Eating more whole foods, less processed junk. Right. And here's the final one by Karen Sessions. Processed foods not only extend the shelf life, but they extend the waistline as well. <laughs> yeah, I feel like none of us have anything to lose in getting more control over things that we used to have control over and we lost just because we evolved you know but it's not 
we're not moving forward in all directions and all things we're moving forward in technology but we're moving backwards in the way that we live our lives when it comes to health issues and mental issues and it, it, it's just worth like that quote said taking tiny steps and focusing on pro- progress and what you can take control over you know one thing at a time agreed all right well that wraps it up that's all i got for you guys um this is 23 pages of notes that took me several months to put together i am very much looking forward to moving past this listen if you watch this on youtube leave a comment for this guy because he did actually put together 23 pages of notes about seed oils i didn't know you could find 23 pages of notes about seed oils i didn't know there was that much information i'm still a little upset that we didn't get to go through all the studies but i can surmise to say there were studies that proved linoleic acid conversion into arachidonic acid which proved to increase inflammation and there were studies that showed against that and yes, there were ties to corporate influences for the ones that said that, that there was no problem with it. Yeah. Um, so you take that as you will. And so I believe in the moderation. I think the one-to-one ratio makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I think less processed foods make a lot of sense. Yes. So that's where I come down to. Yeah. Hope you guys live a happy, healthy, long life. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. All right. See you guys. Bye.